Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I would like to present to you the world champion of the world podcast. It's your man qualified, a.k.a. the Black Ric Flair, a.k.a. the Black American Dream, a.k.a. the most over mid-card talent on the west side of Oahu. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back again. Uh... So this weekend, we actually had uh, NXT TakeOver 25. Um, it, was a, it was a really fun show. Uh, but it's the first major WWE event since uh, AEW Double or Nothing. Um, it is the first... Uh, it's the first week since Double or Nothing, so... Um, going into Monday Night Raw and and Tuesday Night SmackDown, uh, SmackDown Live, there was uh, kind of a sense amongst uh, some of the fans that they people really wanted to see what WWE was going to bring to the table uh, following uh, an event like All uh, uh, All Out, uh, following an event like Double or Nothing. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna talk a little bit about that, and we're gonna get to that, but first off, we're just gonna kinda go through our thoughts on TakeOver, um, and, and how that played out. Um, I don't really wanna compare it to Double or Nothing, um, but, I mean, you know, this is a wrestling podcast, and that's what we are gonna do. (laughs) Um... So, starting off, uh, Double or Nothing, the first, uh, I guess, uh, the crowd, uh, it was a hot crowd, definitely a hot crowd, um, I would imagine that the NXT fan base is a whole lot closer to what AEW, uh, is shooting for with their fan base, probably a lot of overlap people who are fans of AEW and were watching last week uh, are probably more uh, more apt to tune in um, this week. Uh, but uh, let's see here. So the first uh, first match on Takeover Twenty Five um, was actually Matt Riddle. Uh, Matt Riddle versus Roddy, uh, Roddy Strong, Roderick Strong, Mr. ROH. Uh, let's see. So the, uh, that first match there, uh, crowd started off, it started off really hot, uh, pause. Matt Riddle is, uh, Matt Riddle is a star. Um, I feel like Matt Riddle is also somebody who could uh, really shine in AEW, but he has the legitimate sports background, uh, was in the UFC, um, so he has he has the type of background that uh, somebody like Vince would like. Um, oh yeah, another big thing that we're going to talk about is John Moxley, 
sitting down and talking with Chris Jericho um, and and some of the things that he said. Uh, so a guy like Matt Riddle is somebody who's definitely going to excel on NXT. Uh, he can get himself over with those fans, but he's somebody that people on the main roster might be a little bit worried, or, well, people who are his fans maybe a little bit worried when he goes to the uh, main roster just because uh he he's a really he has a unique type of charisma a unique personality and after listening to uh, some of the things that John Moxley formerly Dean Ambrose was saying um it makes me worried that they are going to completely miss uh, well, Vince is going to completely misunderstand the type of charisma that he has and uh, just have Matt Riddle making a bunch of, like, bro jokes and uh, that aren't funny and, and you know, driving around hot dog carts or something like that. Um, let's see here. So, uh, but going into that first match... Um, it was just really, uh, really good stuff. Um, if you're familiar with Roderick Strong, uh, you know that he is super solid, uh, pause in between the ropes. He is a monster. Um, just, just really good stuff. Um, and... Matt Riddle is also just amazing in between the ropes and uh, has a lot of charisma. So it's a uh, this was this was definitely a uh, a top notch match. Um, it's it's different seeing Roddy like kind of uh, be on the on his. Uh, solo dolo shit um i mean still very much a part of the undisputed era but seeing him as another singles guy um is different than because we saw him for so long in the in the tag team with with kyle o'reilly but if you're a fan you know that roddy is definitely very capable of going in alone uh, in the ring, and that Red Dragon is one of the greatest tag teams in the history of tag teams, in my opinion. Um, and uh, it's it it was a very good opening match. Um, just 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 really good stuff here. Uh, let's see the next uh, the next match was the Fatal Four Way Ladder Match. Uh, for the vacant tag team championship, so it was the Street Profits, uh, the Forgotten Sons, um, the Undisputed Era, uh, Undisputed Era Red Dragon tag team, um, and uh, let's see who was that? Who was that fourth team? Uh, Undisputed Era, uh, Street Profits, Forgotten Sons. And, uh, yeah, who was that for team? <laughs> uh, let's see. 
Oh yeah, Oni Lorkin and uh, and and Danny Birch. Now, uh, don't don't take me uh, forgetting that they were involved uh, for me not liking them. They're they're very good tag team, super solid in the ring. Um, I feel like maybe there's something that they could they could do to maybe stand out a little bit more, but they are super solid in the ring. Um, I don't see them really getting over on the main roster, unfortunately. They, on the main roster, there are two wrestlers that scream, uh, just like reliable hands, like really reliable hands. Like they're, like they'll be there and they'll be there to lose to a lot of people and make them look good. Um, which is sad because they're great and... I feel like they could be a really good mid-card tag team and probably have, like, a surprise title run uh, after a while. Uh, Just build up credibility of them just being, like, super solid in the ring, a solid mid-card team, and then they could eventually go on, like, a B-team-type run uh, where they just start winning a bunch of matches and make it to make it to the championship, make it to holding down the titles and maybe hold it for like a a couple months or so. Um, and, and it could be really fun. Um, you know, hold it for a couple months or so, and then eventually drop it to like a new debuting tag team that you're trying to get over. Uh, I think that would be a really good role for them. But, uh, Beyond that, the match was incredible. Uh, Unfortunately, it looks like uh, Bobby Fish may have hurt himself again, um, which is sad. Uh, We don't want to see him miss any time. And uh, we just need more Red Dragon together uh, on the the main roster after the, after, or on the NXT roster, the main roster, any roster. I just need more Red Dragon on my television. Um, it was, uh, it was, it was crazy too, um, just watching this match, just so much, uh, just so much going on, um, big congratulations to the Street Profits who ended up winning, uh, I've been a fan of theirs for a while, and, uh, originally starting off when they kind of started trying to give them their push, I resisted a little bit. I'm like, yo, they're trying to make these guys like the New Day Light or something or NXT New Day. I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. But uh, after a while, they they kind of found um, they kind of found their groove, um, and and they're really entertaining. Uh, they're doing their thing. They're they've been able to get it over with the crowd as well. Um, and, uh, they had a, they had a nice run with the Evolve, uh, tag titles, and I think they've just improved tremendously, uh, Montez Ford has, uh, improved tremendously, showing his charisma, and also in the ring, and, uh, the way that they, they won the match, uh, Montez coming out of nowhere and jumping onto the ladder and then uh, being able to pull down the belts. It was good stuff. Um, 
and here's hoping that they have a nice run uh, with with the tag titles. And I can uh, before I I wasn't sure, but now I could see them getting over on the main roster. I was thinking maybe it was going to be a tough a tough sell with New Day being there, but I think with Kofi moving on and and winning the the gold and and doing all that like new day is kind of like just in another uh it's kind of like on another level now and it's gonna be i think there's gonna be space for everybody to kind of move around and do their thing um let's see next up uh we had Shayna Baszler versus Io Shirai to uh, retain the women's championship. Uh, Shayna Baszler wins. Uh, this match, it was... I don't know, it was a good match. I have missed a little bit of NXT leading up to this, to the build to this match, but I don't know. Um, it just kind of felt like like it was a it was a good match, but there was something just kind of off about this one. Uh, maybe something missing. I don't know if uh, maybe it just seems too soon for uh, for EO to be going for the women's title. Maybe uh, I'm just not sure. All right, so the women's match was, <sighs> yeah, I don't know. It was it was interesting. Like I was saying earlier, uh, maybe it was just a little bit too soon for Io to to get her shot. I know that they had been building to it for a little bit, and uh, they had kind of. Uh, they kind of teased it. Uh, there was like that. Um, I think it was like a what was it like a tag match uh, where her and uh, Kyrie Sane had had teamed together with uh, Bianca Belair, and uh, and Io was after the match was was making like the the title motions and stuff like that. Um, so it's it's been a thing. And you had to know that when she got signed, I mean, she is uh, highly touted as the best uh, women's wrestler in the world. Uh, so, so you had to know that it was coming uh, soon after after her signing with NXT. You had to imagine that she's not uh, she's not leaving Japan to not be the top. Uh, the top woman in a promotion. Um, but I don't know. Um, it wasn't a bad match per se, but just kind of compared to everything else on the card, like this just wasn't really the one. Um, Shayna Baszler is really in her bag as a heel champion right now. Uh, she did not need... Uh, the addition of, in my opinion, she didn't need the addition of Marina Shafir or 
uh, Jessamine Duke to make her, uh, for us to take her more seriously as a, as a women's champ. She didn't need that, but, um, it, it doesn't hurt having them around, um, and it just kind of, kind of takes things to the next level, um, but definitely not needed, but beyond that, uh, she just really is, uh, she's really in her bag, um, but it was also kind of weird after, uh, it, it felt almost like and and maybe I'm missing something uh, from the build, so you guys can let me know. But it seemed a little bit, uh, I don't know, man. It just seemed uh, a little bit forced. The Candice LeRae, Io Shirai alliance. Um, and it was just, I don't know. And then the post-match beatdown where, uh, well, Candice LeRae comes out and starts wearing them out with a kendo stick, uh, which, which was cool. I was into it. Um, and then the post-match, uh, EO goes up top and delivers the moonsault with the chair. Um, she came back and, uh, she wore out Shayna Baszler with the kendo stick and like, that's cool, but it also leaves me a little bit confused because Shayna Baszler is supposed to be the heel and like, what is Io Shirai doing afterwards? Like you lost fair and square, um, you had your chance and she locked you in a submission there was no cheating um just a fair fair and square submission forced eo to tap out and uh then i mean you forced you forced her to tap out and then she's just like a really sore loser is that what happened um it's, I don't know, it was, it was confusing, it was fun to watch, but I just, uh, left me a little bit confused about their roles, uh, kind of, uh, left me feeling like I missed something in the storyline there, so, so I don't know, uh, but, but interesting stuff, nonetheless, uh, Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, it was just, I, yeah, it was, it was really weird. That, that post-match beatdown angle just kind of threw me off. Like, if it was Shayna Baszler who did it, I would, uh, accept it a whole lot easier because it's just like, okay, she's a heel. But, like, what is, unless they're building to something else, uh, maybe... Candice LeRae is actually gonna turn on Io Shirai, or maybe Io is gonna turn on every on Candice somehow, uh, and and then we get like a 
ladies extreme r- rules triple threat um SummerSlam weekend maybe something like that i don't know but uh yeah it was just i don't know uh and then i actually missed a match uh before the women's match it was uh Tyler Breeze versus uh the Velveteen Dream just a really uh, that was also a really good match, really entertaining. Uh, the Velveteen Dream won. Um, at the end of the match, it seemed like there was a uh, mutual show of respect. Uh, Tyler Breeze took a selfie with the Velveteen Dream uh, that the crowd really ate up. Um, it was uh, good stuff. But it was it's also interesting because like what uh, what does this mean for Tyler Breeze? Uh, Is Tyler Breeze going to continue on the main roster? Is Tyler Breeze coming back to NXT? Um, Can we present is there a way to present his character the way that it's presented on NXT uh, on the main roster? Um, He. Like, when he came back to make the challenge, he was presented as a big star. Like, a lot of it was, it was, a lot of that is what's missing with him on the main roster. So, uh, hopefully they they can sort that out. Um, Let's see here. I I hope that he sticks around in NXT. Um but with the way that that match ended, it kind of feels like it could be like a one-off and send him back to the main roster, but they're doing like fuck all with him on the main roster. So, um here's hoping that maybe he goes for a heel turn after this uh because like or maybe like another match with, uh, with one of the up and comers, um, or something like that. Uh, maybe like a a number one contenders match with with Matt Riddle, or or something like that. Some kind of match that has like stakes. Seeing him trying to get like back into the mix, he loses that, and then he snaps and like, okay, no more, Mister Nice Guy. Uh, Prince Pretty is a is a badass, and I'm here to hurt you. Like I, I think that's that's like the next step that we'll need to see from him. But uh, let's see. Next up, after the women's match, uh, was the uh or did the did the prince pretty match happen and then the women's match anyway the uh the main event adam cole versus johnny gargano for the nxt title uh so this was a a great match these two had a really incredible match the last takeover two out of three falls 
these two are just really, really good at wrestling. Um, like I'm, like I'm real, real good at rapping. They're real, real good at wrestling. And, uh, I think this match went about 40 minutes and it, it was just, uh, yeah, I think it went about 40 minutes. Uh, just, just crazy, uh, just crazy stuff here. Um, They, uh, they, they kind of built off some of the stuff that they did the last time. Uh, like I said, it was forty minutes, just a lot of, a lot of counters, a lot of kickouts. Uh, the the in ring style. Um, there was a lot of stuff that reminded me of like super, just super indie stuff, like the super indie style. Where it's just like move, 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 counter, kick out, move, 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 like you know. Uh, so there was a there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that going on. Uh, but also it was uh, like how they were playing off of the the stuff before. Um, it was just just a really a really good match. Uh, really fun stuff. Um, the crowd was super hot for Adam Cole. Uh, it was... People had been... Uh, it seemed like people had been waiting uh, for Adam Cole's coronation as king of NXT pretty much since he arrived uh, in NXT. So so now that he's, uh, he's finally got the belt, uh, there was a lot of people... It seemed like that's that's what they've been waiting for. Uh, it was it was really cool seeing the undisputed era come out at the end of the match and uh, and support. Uh, it 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 was a lot. It it was it was cool uh, seeing them because because you know that these guys are all friends and you know that these guys have been. Uh, working together side by side ever since they signed with the E. Um, you know that these guys have relationships uh, prior to that. Um, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, uh, the whole Future Shock uh, and ROH, um, that whole crew uh, working together in ROH um, and PWG, like they're, it's, uh, they, you, you know that they're actually friends. So seeing them come out and celebrate with Cole, uh, even when uh, O'Reilly and uh, and Bobby Fischer obviously injured, uh, seeing them celebrate with Cole was, was a really special moment. Um, and the Undisputed Era has been one of the best things going in NXT, uh, best things going in the whole, uh, promotion in WWE period, uh, for a while. So it's, uh, it's, I'm going to be really interested to see where they go, uh, from here with the, uh, with the leader of the undisputed era now having gold around his waist, uh, something that we've been waiting for for a while. It legitimizes a lot of their claims 
about being the best. Uh, so there's a lot of fun storyline stuff that they can do with this now. Um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, who is going to rise up to take down the Undisputed Era? Um, will it be Matt Riddle uh, eventually beating Adam Cole, sending Adam Cole to the main roster um, along with the Undisputed Era? Like, if so... You know he can't do it alone. Who is uh, who's gonna be the who are gonna be the super bros who who have his back? Where's Keith Lee? Uh, is he gonna be involved in this somehow? So uh, just a, a lot of a lot of fun stuff. Uh, a lot of things to look forward to coming out of NXT Takeover Twenty Five. And uh, honestly, it's just a it's just a really fun. Uh, it's a it's a really fun time to be a wrestling fan right now. AEW is picking up steam. Uh, Double or nothing. Uh, All out is coming later this summer. Uh, next week, we are going to be on here talking about the uh, Super Showdown. So I'm going to have the homie Tab Sabre uh, back in the building. Uh, we're talking a little bit about Super Showdown. Um let's see what else do we have going on uh we have uh let's see super showdowns next week um i feel like there might be another pay-per-view after that uh fight for the fallen is coming up in a few weeks so that's going to be another AEW show what fighter fest when is that uh so dean ambrose or uh john moxley versus darby allen um, just a lot of stuff going on. Um, like I said, all out is, uh, is August 31st, but also, uh, mentioned last night during the NXT takeover 25 special, um, NXT UK takeover Cardiff is, uh, going to be airing on the network on the same day as all out so um that's uh that's actually a a pretty big deal and i believe there's a uh is it new japan pro wrestling there's another show that's going to be going on in the u in the uk that is uh that's going to be competing with uh nxt uk and then All Out is going to be on pay-per-view. So it's here, guys. It's officially here. The Saturday Afternoon Wars. Uh, when, I was, when I was younger coming up, we had the Monday Night Wars. But now it's going to be the Saturday Afternoon Wars. Uh, so Saturday afternoon, uh, they are really just going to be... Uh, August 31st is going to be Wrestling Day. Uh, so uh, between All Out... Uh, the NXT UK show and the New Japan show. It's going to be about eight hours of wrestling on that Saturday. Um, we are going to do our best to cover uh, all of it and have reactions. Uh, good thing I have an extra partner now uh, because I'm going to make I'm going to make Tab Saber. Don't know why I'm saying her full name. Watch uh, 
watch some of these wrestling shows with a brother or for a brother who knows uh (laughs) what else do we have going on um so let's let's go ahead and unpack a little bit the john moxley uh interview um on uh on talk is jericho so uh This this is actually um, probably one of the biggest uh, biggest podcast wrestling podcast uh, interviews that we have had maybe ever. Um, let's see, it was available for forty hours, uh, and after, by the time it had been available for only forty hours, that's not a full forty eight. Uh, but only 40, it had already been downloaded uh, over 600,000 times. Uh, So people really wanted to kind of figure out what was going on. It was really good timing right after, uh, right after the whole excitement of Double or Nothing. uh, Moxley hadn't really addressed anything uh, since... WWE put out the uh, since they put out the press release that he wouldn't be signing with them again. Um, it's it's just crazy. Uh, so of course people were were really interested in in figuring out what uh, his side of the story story was and what was going on with um, with everything. Uh, Jericho had a great name for it. The Emancipation of John Moxley. Um, let's see. The, it's, he, uh, he, he, he talked a lot about, uh, just kind of the inner workings of WWE. And I think what's interesting to a lot of wrestling fans is uh, if you're listening to this show, if you're somehow listening to me right now and you hear my voice, then you are probably uh, a wrestling nerd, which there's nothing wrong with that. I am also a wrestling nerd. I'm probably nerdier than you because I'm sitting here recording this for you to listen to. And I don't even know if you're going to listen to it. But if you're listening to it now, thank you. (laughs) um but uh we're we're definitely wrestling nerds and we are uh probably also extremely painfully aware of the fact that wwe is the biggest game in town uh and all of our faves have dreamt about working there but uh we also are painfully aware that a lot of our faves probably uh would have a tough time working there because Vince wouldn't know what to do uh with them like probably the only favorite of mine that I wouldn't be worried about 
what Vince does with them when they show up is Brian Cage because like how can you screw up the fucking machine but uh, anyway um he, they he with this interview he confirmed a lot uh a lot of the basically the consensus online is that Vince needs to go away uh, Vince needs to just kind of fall back and let the wrestlers be the wrestlers. Um, and John Moxley confirmed that Vince did a lot of micromanaging of Dean Ambrose. Um, a lot of the wild and wacky things that the lunatic fringe, uh, was being made to do on television, some of which uh, got over and we were able to stomach and some of which had us scratching our heads um, that basically all of that was was Vince McMahon uh, pushing it on Dean or John and him trying to do his best to uh, make these things work. And uh, it it was it was almost sad at points to hear his frustration uh, as somebody who uh, who likes to think of themselves as a creative. Uh, I I work on music. I do a lot of music. I feel that like if I had someone over my shoulder trying to tell me how to play my music and how to do certain things, and this is why they like you. Like, on one hand, it's like, okay, cool, thanks for the advice, but also, like, didn't you hire me, or didn't you ask for me because you like how I play my music, aren't, weren't, so why are you trying to change everything, um, it's, 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 it's tough, and Dean, uh, or John used that analogy, like, you know, I want to be able to play my music the way I want to play it. And that seems to be something that uh, he's been promised that he'll be allowed to do in AEW. And so uh, that's that's going to be really interesting, kind of seeing that uh, how that works in that regard between AEW and WWE. Um, Who all is going to get creative control? is this something that all the wrestlers have uh, to kind of be able to work things out uh, together? It's I just I, I want to see it. Um, also, you know that you can't just give them 100 percent carte blanche to do whatever they want because uh, we saw how that worked in WCW. But. I also believe that these wrestlers who are involved with AEW also saw how things that worked in WCW and they're trying to avoid that. Uh, and they, they want what we want. They want, uh, they want good wrestling and they want competition and they want more places where more wrestlers can work and, and, and be able to apply their trade. Uh, 
another thing that's been kind of telling uh, since Double or Nothing, uh, there's been uh, a few questions about New Japan and um, and how they're going to work things out. Uh, I believe New Japan, uh, they, they mentioned, uh, you know, that they're really happy with their working relationship with Ring of Honor for now. Um, just some of the wording that they used, like, like things like for now and, uh, at the time being like, like different stuff like that, uh, just makes me think that, uh, they are also eyeing this partnership with AEW and like, there's already a, uh, a classic story, uh, and and feud between Kazuchika Okada and Kenny Omega that they can tap into with their New Japan history and continue it in AEW. Um, the Bullet Club and the Elite have unfinished business and an unfinished fight and unfinished storyline that can also... Uh, be completed in AEW. Um so there's uh there's a lot of stuff that's on the table and plus like just seeing the the type of uh th- those type of wrestlers like uh Naito being able to be showcased in America on TNT uh, primetime mainstream television. Uh and and seeing guys like Minoru Suzuki, um, the the whole uh, you know it, the whole Lij um, Suzuki Gun, just all all of these guys and getting the and getting to see them uh, do their thing on TNT and and. Uh, Getting to getting to see them on TNT and and doing and doing that kind of thing would just be, uh, I feel like it would be really big for New Japan, a whole lot bigger than what Ring of Honor can do for them now, especially now that the Elite are no longer with Ring of Honor and no longer appearing in New Japan. Um, it's and. And I feel like it would be, I, it's it's a it's a much bigger stage for them. Uh, so I am anticipating that I don't know the details of their agreement or when it would, uh, when that part of the agreement would be up. But I am anticipating that as soon as possible. Uh, New Japan will be uh, announcing some sort of partnership with AEW, possibly, um, uh, possibly on TNT, or uh, or possibly once the uh, TNT television show launches. Um, I would also think that it may behoove some of these smaller promotions to go ahead and 
set up a deal with AEW and get some of their top stars on television. Um, and, and it could help them out. Like say a, uh, a, uh, announced partnership with, uh, with PWG pro wrestling gorilla. And, and then you could see some, some PWG guys popping up on AEW television, get PWG name dropped on AEW television and now you're boosting attendance at the or at the PWG shows because these guys are also pe- appearing on TNT. Um, I could see the the same kind of thing with uh, and especially with AEW given their product more of a sports feel like you can it's it's a whole lot easier to to kind of see these types of things. It makes me think of the NBA and sometimes you'll be watching the NBA game and you'll see a guy check into the game and they'll be like oh yeah this guy has an interesting backstory uh was undrafted uh to the NBA started off his career played two years in Europe then played one year in China and then made uh made his way over to back to the states and was playing in the D League or playing in the G League, sorry, earlier this year and then got called up, you know, and like little stories, like little backstories like that add to the pro rest, add to the legitimacy uh, or the, the feel of pro wrestling being a legitimate sport. Like, oh, OK, wow, this guy's been all over the world and he's done other stuff and and stuff like that whereas WWE a lot of times un- until recently but a lot of times they make it seem like it only you know it only happens there and that's that's it uh which i mean is cool but also just kind of like i don't know it it kind of takes away the some of that pro sports feeling like you know, if I'm watching the NBA and I think that people only play basketball in the NBA, like that's the only place that it happens, then it's just like, all right, cool. It's just like a, it, it only matters when I'm watching the NBA. I don't, I don't know if I'm explaining this correctly, which sucks because I have a podcast where I'm supposed to explain shit, but, uh, but yeah, and it's, I, I personally, really really like the idea of them mentioning other promotions and and having relationships with other promotions and and giving giving you a chance to see people uh that you would see on other television shows pop up and interact with their guys and and everything can just continue to run after that so um it's 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 an interesting time to be a wrestling fan. It's a really fun time to be a wrestling fan. Um, just real quick before we end off, uh, just kind of talking about WWE um, and their reaction to Double or Nothing or a lack thereof. Uh, I know even on this podcast, we were just kind of waiting to see what WWE would do this week. And they kind of just... Um, 
did their usual, acted like nothing happened aside from Sami Zayn in his electric chair uh, segment asking, uh, saying that, you know, people could have asked him about AEW. And the crowd was like, whoa, but they edited uh, that out when uh, when they put it on their YouTube channel later. Um, Sammy has friends there in AEW, close friends. Um, and it's it's basically been the, the story going around online is that uh, Sammy's new character and a lot of this stuff that he's saying against the fans is actually Vince speaking through Sammy um, and and kind of voicing his frustrations. Uh, it's that that's interesting. There's also an interesting rumor going around uh, by uh, kind of being spread by Vince Russo. So take it with. Uh, Take it with a whole bunch of grains of salt. Um, Vince Russo believes that AEW and WWE are somehow in bed together. Uh, that WWE is probably funding AEW. Um, and on one hand, I can kind of see where he would... I can kind of see, okay, yeah, maybe, but also, uh, I don't know, I feel like AEW might be a little bit too big for that to be the case already, already too big, Um, if, because that was also the rumor, and people believe is, uh, is the truth even now to this day, about ECW, but the thing with ECW is ECW was always a far, uh, a number three far behind WWE and WCW. Didn't have the right kind of television exposure. AEW already has a television deal with TNT. So that's where it's kind of like, hmm, it kind of throws me off. I don't know how invested WWE would be. And something that is also going to be on TV and can directly compete with them for uh, for viewers. But at the same time, you look at the facts further. AEW and WWE will not be competing head to head for television viewers. Not at the same time. Anyway, you will be able to watch. If you are so inclined and a wrestling fan, you will be able to watch Monday Night Raw, uh, Tuesday Night Dynamite, and uh, SmackDown Live all in a week um, and watch them all live. Uh, so that that part of the competition, I could see like WWE being like, OK, yeah, we can we can let you guys live. Um, but also with the pay-per-views, it appears that, um, AEW is going to have Saturday night pay-per-views while WWE is sticking to Sundays. So, uh, 
that's a that's another way to kind of stay out each other's way. But um, it's it's just like I said, it's a really interesting time uh, to to be a fan. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens next. Uh, it's there's there's just a lot going on. And hopefully WWE steps their game up because Monday night was, I mean, I don't know if it was necessarily a bad show, but after the greatness that was Double or Nothing, people were expecting an immediate response from Raw. And I think it's going to take a little bit of time before... uh, WWE has like a a response loaded up like that. I'm thinking they're going to wait until AEW actually hits television. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the last time we were supposed to be restarting the Monday Night Wars uh, TNA with the addition of uh, Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan coming. Um, And then they decided to move to Monday nights uh, that first Monday night. Uh, Bret Hart was announced for his return to WWE, and this was like the first time we had seen Bret Hart coming back since the Montreal Screwjob, so this was huge. Uh, Bret Hart face-to-face with Shawn Michaels, and Bret Hart face-to-face with Vince uh, on the same night, so that was that was like just a huge, 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 huge thing. And then TNA... They debuted. Uh, this was Jeff Hardy, fresh off of his uh, arrest, but also his release from the WWE when he had kind of hit that new stratosphere that he's at now um, as just like being a major star. So he kind of left WWE at his peak, showed up in TNA. So that first Monday night. Uh, Jeff Hardy popped up so it was uh, like they had uh, they had debuts so on both on both shows on both sides they were kind of pulling out all the stops Uh, but as we saw that whole Monday night uh, TNA moving the Monday nights thing uh, was short-lived and like after a couple months they were like oh we're going back home to Thursdays and it's just like nah nigga y'all got your ass whooped but um (laughs) I think AEW will fare will fare better, but we'll we'll see how that plays out. Um, and I think that's that's basically everything that I wanted to talk about today. Um, tune in next week. Like I said, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have the homie Tab Saber back. We're gonna be talking about Super Showdown, giving our thoughts on that. Um, there's just so many, so many things. Um, and I think next week we'll, uh, we'll have a little throwback segment. We'll just kind of go back and look at some, some old wrestling stuff, uh, with the new fan, Miss Tab Saber and, and, uh, kind of get the opinions of a new fan on some of our classics. So, uh, like I said. Stay tuned. We'll be back next week. Thank everybody for listening. And uh, like I say, man, go ahead and run this up. Peace.